0: Welcome back to That Rooted Feeling. This is episode 10, Stress Management. This episode is brought to you by the Rooted Food mobile app, the mobile app that helps you to get a variety of plant foods in your diet for your gut and overall health. Download it in the App Store or on Google Play. Welcome to That Rooted Feeling podcast, where we bring you high-value health information and practical tips to help you improve your lifestyle
1: habits with a focus on plant-centered nutrition. So you can achieve optimal wellness that radiates into and improves all areas of your life, giving you that rooted feeling that you won't know until you have it.
0: So we're back, and I'm very excited for this episode because last week we were very clinical about how stress affects our body. And this week, we get to dive into how to manage stress so that we can stay in that homeostasis and improve our overall health. So Jamie is going to lead this discussion today, and I can't wait to get into it. So tell us, what are the ways we can deal with stress in our lives?
1: Yeah, so there really are two basic ways of dealing with stress. The first one would be to avoid the external stressor avoiding that stress in our life. But this really isn't realistic oftentimes. And this often leads to negative coping strategies like that negative self-talk we have in our mind, drinking alcohol, smoking, drugs, aggression, yelling. Those are just to name a few. I even see patients who do
0: things that numb the stress that aren't as straightforward as these vices, so to speak. But are like overeating or overexercising, yeah. one, which may even be glorified, even overworking.
1: Yeah, or numbing out on social media. We can all be guilty of that sometimes, too <laughs> True, right? true. Um, and so the second way to manage stress is changing how you react to a situation. This doesn't mean that our circumstances change, but it means that your reaction to it does. And so developing these effective strategies of dealing with stress can really promote health in our lives, and it can build emotional resilience within us, and really prevent you know the harmful effects that you talked about last week on our body and through all of our systems. Yeah, so we're going to talk more about that today mostly, right? Yes, for sure.
0: So we started last week talking about stress as this primitive, primal instinct. It's inevitable for all of us. We are going to experience triggers in our daily lives. How do we change our awareness of stress? so we can begin to manage it better? Yeah,
1: so I think the first level of awareness is realizing that stress is not what happens to us, but it's our reaction to what happens to us. And so when we can recognize this, we can then reclaim the self-awareness and our power over stress and really develop ways to manage it in our life in a healthy way. And so first step would be determine the source of stress in your life. So sometimes this is obvious. This is, you know, a job scenario that's not adequate or a relationship that's not great, or it could be something small like a stress of being overweight. But really determining the source that's causing your stress allows you to have the awareness to then create ways to manage it. And so most of us are stressed, right? We're operating in this serious burnout, exhausted state. And in America, it continues to escalate and it's affecting every aspect of our lives from you know, work to personal relationships, to our sleep, our eating habits and our overall health. And so when was the last time you felt relaxed? It's so easy for stress to build up without even realizing it's happening. And so this, this awareness of, oh, I'm feeling irritable. I'm feeling more sad. I'm not really handling life how I would like to. And having that awareness then allows you to make changes. And this is, a key for anything in our life. I always like to say that everybody is doing the best they can with their level of awareness that they're currently at in life. And so if we don't have the awareness of something, how are we able to make changes? Right. I feel like we start to accept
0: a certain amount of stress in our lives. And that's kind of what happens to our bodies, right? We just accept a certain amount of stress. Then we get like a new set point for stress and our bodies do the same. But in the meantime, like we talked about last week, we're getting all these disease effects for sure. to our bodies. And going back to your other point, too, I always say to my patients, a thing that my psychiatrist said to me, which was, make the best decision for you today with the information you have today. Yes. And if that information changes, you reserve the right to change your mind, right? I so. Love that. That's part of the stress thing is being aware so that we can approach it a
1: different way. Yeah, I think developing that new relationship with stress, we have to change our perception of it. So a lot of us, we push it away, right? When stress comes up, I want you to maybe think about welcoming it in, invite it to the party, begin to have that relationship with it and allow it to show it's going to show up in your life. And so when you can accept it and have that awareness that, You know, maybe it's a fear of, you know, starting a new job, right? Like, just take that for an example. If that comes into your mind, really accept it, invite it in. So thank you for, you know, being there. I am safe. You know, this job is something that I really want. And develop ways to really effectively manage it and move forward. But our body's natural response is to have this stressful state. But we can change that reaction and change the course of our lives, right? Right. And so, yes, we're going to talk about how to manage stress today, but I also want this to be an episode for you to really draw the line in the sand and say no more. I'm not going to let fear or stress hold me back. And I love the message. The thing we practice is a thing we perform. And so a lot of these methods that I'm going to mention today, if you practice them, make small amounts of time in your schedule for them and practice them day after day, your life is going to change but we have to perform them on a daily basis. This is not just a one-time thing of dealing with stress, but it's going to be a daily practice and you don't have to incorporate them all, but I want you to really see which one resonates with you and which one you feel like you can really start incorporating in your life and do that for at least a couple weeks and see right. what changes you have. I was going to say, you know, it could be easy right now with
0: all of these things that we're going to mention to get overwhelmed But I want you to sit with yourself, center yourself, and decide which ones, like you say, resonate with you because trusting that the right information will come to you in the moment that you need it and knowing that the process is incremental and that you may not even feel the change until you wake up one day far in the future and you decide, huh, I'm going to make another change because of all the changes that I've built already. And you see the difference, but it takes a long time. So just trust that process of being aware because that awareness sets you on your path. For sure, I love that. Okay, so let's jump into some of those ways to improve our resilience to stress now that we are aware that it's there.
1: Yeah, I think the first one in our go-go go society today, it would be to slow down. We live in a society that really glorifies the hustle, right? So you'll probably accomplish more if you stop rushing around. I've done this within my own life. I've cut my to-do list. Rather than having this brain plate of all these things I have to accomplish in the day, minimizing that to a couple tasks and take breaks throughout the day. Slow down in your lives. And if you're having trouble
0: saying no or removing certain things out of your life, you really need to maybe have like a come to Jesus moment where you sit down and evaluate what's really important. There's a book that was recommended to me when I was going through a period of, you know, I needed to let go of some big things, some big commitments I had made, and it's called Necessary Endings. And I never got all the way through the book, but what I did get was like, there is a message in there that you have to slow down. You have to start putting yourself first. You have to close the book on some
1: things for the greater good for sure. Yeah. If you don't take that time to pause and really evaluate what's going on in your life, you're just going to keep doing these things that really may not be a priority in your life. Mm -hmm. And another thing is routines. So routines are counterintuitive. So instead of being boring and repetitive, doing the same task every day, it actually makes room for more creativity and every time you make a decision, you're adding some kind of stress to your life. And so not having a routine can really make us feel out of control. And that's one thing that we all love to have is some control in our lives. It can be a big contributor to stress. So when you can have these routines in your life of doing these same health promoting exercises every day, this can really be beneficial to decreasing your stress. People may not always have a good, clear
0: idea of what is so important in the routine? And I think starting your day with three easy practices can really start you off well. One is saying a few things that you're grateful for, then meditate, and then exercise. So I would, if you're looking for a better routine, start there.
1: Yeah, that, those are great tips. And you gave another tip the other day of the five, four, three, two, one. Technique. Oh, yeah. Tell us about that one.
0: So that's by Mel Robbins, and she has a book about it, um... It's called the, I think, the five second rule. I haven't read it, but I've heard it it on a few podcasts. And it's basically a way to change your brain's mind frame. I'm pretty good at like doing the things that when I decide to do them, even when it's tough. Like if I need to get up at five o'clock and go work out, I go do it. Um, And I know I've heard Tony Robbins speak about this too. He's like, I get up and I do a cold plunge every morning because I want my body to know when my brain says, let's do something, we're going to do it. But if you have trouble with that, then starting by counting backwards, it brings you out of your cycle and it starts this, the brain function in a different direction. So then you can refocus
1: on a different habit. Yeah, I love that. In the morning, if you need help getting out of bed, try that five, four, three, two, one one technique from Mel Robbins. Um, that could be super beneficial for you. And so another one would be our breath our feelings are so closely tied to our breath. So a simple, powerful tool to really short-circuit the panic response that all of us have is our breath. And so when we feel fear and stress physically, Brooke talked about this, our heart beats faster, our hands get sweaty, our blood rushes to our extremities to prepare us to run away from that bear that we think is a threat. But our breath allows us to send that blood back to our brain Helps us to think clearly, to rationalize. And it's a tool that we can help to not let fear take over our minds. So we're not panicking or freezing because fear really is this disconnection of our minds and our body. And when we can use this breathing tool when we go into a stressful situation or when we're in a moment of stress, this can really help reconnect us. So, a breathing technique that I like to use is inhale for a count of four. Hold that for a count of four and then exhale slowly for a count of four and repeat this breath technique until you feel your heart rate to start to slow down. I love to use this one when I'm in a moment of stress. This really helps me. And I gave the example on a previous episode of a cardiac surgeon. If he's in a surgery and he you know accidentally clips a vessel and the patient's bleeding out on the table, a lot of these surgeons actually use breath because they have it with them at all times. It's the one thing you have throughout your entire life to calm yourself in the moment and allow you to think clearly and really ground yourself back into your mind. I love how you
0: talk about the mind-body connection because when we are in a really acute stressed or panic state, we our neurons fire in this cyclical pattern between our amygdala and our hypothalamus for our body to have like this stress response, but it cuts off all of the cues from our cortex particularly the prefrontal cortex. And if we can stop and slow that action or that cycle, we can start getting input from the cortex. And that will really help with our emotional perception of things.
1: Yeah, I love that. That's a good connection there, the mind and body. And one last point I want to drive home on breathing is deep breathing really activates a part of our nervous system called the vagus nerve which in turn stimulates a relaxation response through our entire bodies. So it can literally be like flipping a switch on and off that shifts our nervous system from sympathetic, which is fight or flight, to a parasympathetic, which is our rest and digest state, allowing our bodies and minds to get back in sync with each other. Again, that mind-body connection. And I know we even use this in the emergency room for patients that come in with a a rapid heart rate rhythm called SVT, supraventricular tachycardia. We use a valsalva maneuver and to get have them, them hold their breath to get their heart rate back yeah. down into
0: a normal rhythm. Right. I actually suffered from SVT, and oh wow, I it was just paroxysmal. But I used valsalva, and I would use you know ice buckets, yeah. my face mm-hmm. in ice buckets to get you back in that parasympathetic state. Those are just tricks. Breathing obviously is also one of them. I also tell my fertility patients because we know that people who are in a heightened state of stress, people who work longer hours, tend to have worse outcomes in terms of fertility. I want even my patients who have long hours of stress to try and drop back into the parasympathetic state as often as possible because of this kind of homeostatic regulation. But if they can take a minute and do some deep breathing and get back into a parasympathetic state, your body's coping mechanisms for stress can start to
1: take over and put you back in a good hormonal pattern. I love that. And I really think our breath is connected to a lot of these stress management techniques like meditation and mindfulness, which I'll talk about now. Mindfulness is really the art of bringing our awareness in the present moment. Our mind is constantly racing. And so mindfulness is really effective at handling our stress in the right now, whereas meditation handles our stress from the past So meditation, just as sleep is rest for your brain, meditation is rest for your body. And meditation really allows us to de-excite that nervous system that we talked about that was fired up and give your body that deep rest it needs. And you only need, you know, five to 10 minutes of meditation to really see the effects of this in your life. And when we begin to understand that we hold the keys to our happiness and this practice, gives us a way to really access that, you know, less excited state in our lives. This is where fulfillment and bliss really allows us to live that life we desire. Yeah, I think meditation not only does it help
0: stress, but it opens doors beyond just mitigating stress. It really helps you to stay centered when the world around you is happening. Like bad things can happen, but if you can stay centered... They come to pass instead of sticking around,
1: yeah, instead of letting all that external input into your mind, it really allows you to ground yourself and connect with that inner voice that sometimes is turned off by all of the noise in our you know lives mm-hmm. and so another practice that Brooke kind of mentioned on was journaling, and she talked about writing down you know three things you're grateful for that's a great practice we can do, so journaling and gratitude, so watering the flowers, not the weeds, you know, really focusing to allow your brain to seek out the positive in your life rather than always looking at the negative and looking for the problems. This is really the fastest way to break yourself out of, you know, the I'll be happy when I lose weight or I'll be happy when I get the dream home. Um, Gratitude is a great way to water those flowers and not the weeds. And back to the journaling, I think this really allows us to catch ourselves when we're falling back to these negative thinking loops and allows us to have that awareness when you really can put your thoughts on paper you're able to see what's really going on in my mind and take like an objective observation of these thoughts and say wow oh, I'm really talking really negative to myself about mm-hmm. this or how can I reframe things so journaling it really has been a really influential practice in my life i know it has been for yours too absolutely And I really,
0: I want to just plug our friend, uh, Amanda Nelson. She has this easy-to-use journal. It's really straightforward. Yeah. It it doesn't take long. And it's like, it's so helpful.
1: Yeah, I have her journal too. It's called 60 Days Away. And it really allows you to focus on, you know, setting your intention for the day. You know, reevaluating what went right, what went wrong, how you can change it for the next day. And almost living the dream life as if it's happening today. Right. And writing down those things that as if they were happening. I love that. And I
0: think if you subscribe at all to the law of attraction or the power of positive thought, you know, this is an easy, quick, good, effective daily practice that you really should, if you're not already, you really should be implementing daily.
1: Yes, for sure. And that kind of leads into the next stress management technique of affirmations. Negative thinking is by far the most destructive habit that all of us humans have. And our words really shape our lives. Our words give birth to the reality that we're really living right now. And so they can be life giving, they can be hope filled, or they can be the opposite of that. And so we really have to pay attention to those words that we're using and those thoughts that we're thinking because those. Lead into our actions and the way our life plays out. I could not agree more. I think that
0: we have so many thoughts constantly running through our bodies, right? Are we thinking negatively about our body appearance or about a judgment about somebody? Or are we saying, oh, that's beautiful and look at her go? And, you know, everything, whether it's inward or outward, is all a reflection of how we're lifting and elevating ourselves. And if you're in a stress state, that's just not, it's not going to help, right? You, but you have the power to change
1: to your mindset, like on a dime. Yes. Look for the good, look for the helpers and seek out the positive in your life. I love to, when I'm going for walks with my kids, I'll point out, you know, like the joyful stuff in life, the simple things like a flower growing or, You know, a neighbor helping another neighbor mow his lawn. Uh, Just you know, really seeing the positive in life allows you to change your perception. And so, another one is (laughs) laughing. Laughing can be the great, the greatest medicine. Humor really drives away tension in our lives. So, in difficult situations. Look for the funny side of it, you know, laugh when you make a mistake, um, have a dance party in the kitchen with your kids. There's nothing more joyful than laughing with your friends or having that deep, deep <laughs> belly laugh, you know, with your kids. This so. makes me
0: want to share the outtake of me burping <laughs> yes. on the podcast because I think I laughed over that oh, like my goodness. probably
1: 20 times. Yeah, but... we're, we're definitely going to have to do an outtake, a <laughs> uh, little blurb on here for you guys. It's, those are the funny ones. Another way we can manage stress is through our nutrition. So eating a healthful diet of unprocessed foods, whole grains, vegetables, fruits, these are really the foundation for a healthy body and mind. So cut down on those added sugars and salts and lose weight in a gradual and safe way. But balancing your diet and choosing these more healthful options is going to allow you to feel better in your skin and in, with your mood and your mind. And we talk about this all the time, what we feel from eating
0: a plant-based diet. And I just want to drive home that foods have a vibration. If there is a main source of energy, it is the sun. And the food that comes in its most direct form from that vibrant energy are plant foods. So you can either choose to feel vibrant and life-filled like your plants or like a sad cow that was slaughtered in a butcher shop.
1: I've never made that connection. That really drives home the the plant moving for me. Ugh. Wow. <laughs> oh, I've never heard it that way. But yeah, it's so true. And then there's caffeine. So caffeine doesn't necessarily cause anxiety or stress, but it can worsen symptoms for some people. So high amounts of caffeine can really lead to those elevated cortisol levels and Those are what we see in chronic stress. So you're just increasing more of that stress response. However, small to moderate amounts of caffeine can really lift your mood and give you a boost. So I think really listening to your body. We can give you advice on how these substances affect you. But you really have to also be in tune with your body and see how things make you feel. I know for caffeine for me, there was one week in my life. I don't know why, but I just could not drink it. I felt anxious. I felt Like my heart was racing after I had just a cup of coffee that I could tolerate the week before. And so maybe that was a sign for me that I was feeling some stress that week and caffeine was not sitting well for me. So really listen to your body and see if that is a substance that, you know, contributes to your anxiety or worsens your stress or makes it better.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then sleeping. So not enough sleep is actually when you're most vulnerable to stress. So we've talked about aiming for that seven to nine hours each night, This allows rest for your brain. And so if you're struggling with getting enough sleep, maybe try moving your bedtime back an hour each night until you're able to wake up feeling refreshed. Maybe you're not getting enough sleep. So changing that bedtime to see if maybe more sleep can help reduce some of that stress in your life. And when we talked on the sleep episode, we mentioned sleep deprivation
0: being associated with irritability and an inability to emotionally deal with stress triggers in the environment. And like you said, your brain needs rest to make proper connections. If you're not sleeping, then you're not in this reparative, restorative zone that your body, your brain really, really needs in order to help with stress reduction.
1: Yeah. I've often heard that if, you know, Your health is really out of whack. Sleep is the first thing that you want to get in sync so that you can eat well, so that you can move your body well, so you can decrease your stress in your life, all of these things. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then there's exercise. Exercise really is a beneficial and constructive way to manage our stress. It produces those endorphins in our brain and really acts as almost like a painkiller to improve our ability to sleep and reduce our stress. And regular exercise can improve our mood and increase our self-confidence and help you relax and lower those symptoms of, you know, mild depression or anxiety in our life. I think we've all felt that, you know, runner's high or workout high after a workout where we just feel amazing. We feel like we can accomplish anything in life, right? So if you don't have an exercise routine in your life currently, start with something small and build on that. That feeling at the end of it is going to make you come back for more and more. And then there's nature. Nature is one of my greatest healers in my life. It's earthing, it's grounding. And when we're outside and we put our feet, you know, in the fresh grass or your palms, you know, in the sand on the beach or your entire body, like just laying on the earth, this really allows you to ground yourself and reconnect naturally the way we were meant to. Yes. Nature has such
0: a healing quality. I think that when we get into our busy lives, we don't give enough credence to just getting out in nature and and really
1: experiencing the healing effect. Yeah, for sure. I know when I'm feeling anxious or stressed, I grab the kids and my husband and said, let's go for a hike or let's go for a walk. And it's always so healing and everybody is so much happier out in nature. Another thing that we can do to manage our stress is create something. Maybe start a podcast, right, Brooke? (laughs) So creativity is a stress reliever. And find a medium that you enjoy. Well, we're all creators, right?
0: However you want to create, whether that's writing a book. I love to paint. I haven't done it in a long time, but I find other sources for my creativity through, you know, developing designs for different projects and developing a website anything that gets you into that flow really is your creative experience. And that is stress relieving. Yes,
1: for sure. Tap into that medium that you enjoy. And creation really builds upon the spirit of contribution too. It moves the needle forward for humanity versus scratching at our day-to-day lives of, you know, just trying to survive. So get busy creating, stop competing with other people. We can get so trapped in this mindset of seeing whatever other people are doing, but. Start creating and watch how your life begins to bloom for you. And this really leads into service. The highest purpose in life is living in service. In our busy lives, we can often think to ourselves, you know, I want to solve my own problems first. I'm just so busy. I'm the one who needs help. It's true. It's hard to think about selflessness when we're struggling, right? But selflessness and being in service of other really heals ourself on that journey. And it really allows us to have that inner peace and a meaningful connection to our life. I want to just
0: say that service too doesn't have to be going and volunteering and doing the philanthropic thing or giving to charity. It can be the service within your own life. Yes. Whether that's service to your children, whether that's service to your patients or your clients, being in service in a in a centered place of love and giving and how can I help somebody else improve their experience, that's all service. And so coming from a place of service instead of a place of, I'm going to get something in return for this, it really changes the energy. It changes the dynamic. It causes less stress. And having that mindset is helpful. Yes, for
1: sure. And if you find yourself really struggling, another one I like to harp on is reaching out so build your network of supportive relationships in your life connect with the family and friends that you already have if life is really stressing you out call a friend ask to have a coffee date or connect with them there's so much healing power in just having that connection and being able to just express yourself tell somebody how you're feeling and find that good friend who's going to be a really good listener And sometimes this is not just going to fall in your lap. You have to advocate for yourself. You have to let others know how they can help you. We can't just assume that everybody knows how we feel and that we're having a lot of stress in our life. We have to ask for what we need and be direct with people. And then there's spirituality or religion. And the longevity studies have shown that people that have a belief in something bigger than themselves really have a bigger connection to life on earth here. And this can really diminish our stress in our lives.
0: And if you're struggling with spirituality or faith, you know, I too struggled at some point, like what I really believed was true from what my religion growing up Catholic taught me to what I learned through some of the you know, law of attraction and what really rang true to me that prayer can come in so many forms. It can come through meditation. It can simply be calling on spiritual guides. It can be talking directly to God. Whatever helps you feel connected to a power beyond yourself, that's where the benefit is. And I once told um, a good family friend, she said, you know, I'm not real sure about church. And, you know, I was on my way to church And I said, "Mm, yeah, I'm not really sure about it either. All I know is I feel better when I'm, when I've gone. I love
1: that. Mm -hmm. I think we all have our stories of how we've had a relationship with faith through our lives and how we've landed. And that's ever evolving too, right? Um, But having that connection really allows us to feel seen, to feel heard, to feel like we're part of something, right?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And it also brings community, which oh, for sure. we, we talked about, and, and it's definitely stress reducing.
1: And to wrap it all up, I really want you to reflect on how do you normally view and deal with stress in your life? Do you tend to view stress as only a negative? I, I think I used to, for sure. How can you change this stress story? So when stress rears its head, you can feel like you have no control But how can you recognize that some of these stressors are also a chance to grow and to learn and you actually become stronger and more resilient and this can become a new part of your reality. So rather than trying to escape from everything that's stressful, try switching your stress story. And when it comes to dealing with long term stress, remember these tools that I talked about today, like meditation to really recenter yourself. And so, a lot of times we can segment parts of our lives to this was a stressful time in my life, or this was a joyful time in my life. But when we can see them as a larger narrative rather than these small scenes within our life, we can gain a new perspective. And this helps us really deal with fear and stress. So, take a moment to think about something great that happened to you. Maybe that was the birth of your child, maybe that was landing your dream job. Now, rewind to the events that happened just before before that happened. So maybe you went through a long journey of infertility and then became pregnant and had this big joy in your life. Or maybe you went through years of working this job that you were so stressed in, that wasn't joyful for you, but you learned a lot of skills that now you're in that dream, dream job are serving you so well. Mm-hmm. So try to see the whole picture in your life and open yourself to the idea that perhaps what happened during this challenging time in your life was actually clearing the way For you to celebrate what's actually happening right now yeah setting you on your path yes and so i hope this episode really gave you some practical ways to use some tools in your life and manage your stress effectively and move through your days with a lot more ease and joy and come back to that rooted feeling that we want all of you to have in your lives And so if this episode served you well today, please subscribe, leave us a five-star review, and go tell a friend that you think can really use this information in their lives and really serve them well. Please do. And we will see you next week.